At this time, we invite you to listen to the third chapter of Jonah. Here the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. This time, Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took three days to see it all. On the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, will be destroyed. The people of Nineveh believed God's message, and from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne and took off his royal robes. He dressed himself in burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. Then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals from your herds and flocks, may eat or drink anything at all. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning, and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Who can tell? Perhaps even yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jonah, week three. In these first two chapters, we have learned that the Jonah messed up. God told him to go to Nineveh, and instead he ran in the opposite direction. He got thrown overboard for his disobedience, and then got swallowed by a big fish. During those three days inside the belly of the big fish, Jonah prayed a wonderful prayer, but he did not repent. He did not tell God he was sorry. He seemed to have turned his life around, but even though he did to an extent, he still had much to learn. In chapter three of this short but powerful book, Jonah finally obeyed God and fulfilled his mission. Jonah had run away from God, but God gave him a second chance to be part of his plan and his work among the Ninevites. He still didn't want to go to Nineveh, but who wants to give bad news to others? Jonah was given a daunting task. He was to preach only what God told him, and it was a message of doom. And this message was to be given to one of the most powerful cities at that time. It isn't difficult to understand why Jonah didn't want to go there, especially when the message he had to deliver was so difficult because of those to whom it would be shared. Jonah was afraid, but he also should have been honored. God had selected him to preach his message and his truth, though it was not the easy or popular thing to do. Jonah, I'm sure, was afraid of what the Ninevites might do to him. 
Pastor Andy shared more graphically last week than I'm going to do it this week, but let's look at the city of Nineveh. Four times in the four chapters in Jonah, we heard about this great city. It was great in history, having been founded in ancient times by Noah's great-grandson, Nimrod. It was also great in size. The circumference of the city and its suburbs was 60 miles. One wall of the city had a circumference of eight feet and boasted 1,500 towers. The city was also great in splendor and influence, being one of the leading cities of the powerful Assyrian Empire. Its merchants traveled the empire and brought back great wealth to the city, and its armies were feared everywhere. Nineveh was also great in sin. For the Assyrians were known far and wide for their violence, and they showed no mercy whatsoever to their enemies. I'm going to spare you the horrific details of their behavior and their killings. But you can only imagine the depth of the challenge God was giving Jonah and the reason he ran the other direction the first time. One statement I've always liked, though, is this. The will of God will never lead you where the grace of God can't keep you and the power of God can't use you. Despite the wickedness of the Ninevite people, they probably astonished Jonah be, by being open to God's message. And they repented immediately. Think how blessed Jonah should have felt to see these wicked people actually listen, turn from their sins, and obey God. Uh, Pastor Andy will share next week that um, even though he should have felt blessed, um, he had some different things going on in his mind. But Jonah was not harmed. He wasn't run out of the city. He wasn't put in jail. He wasn't even killed. Instead, he watched God work in a powerful way with his people. Many sources say 120,000 people were saved that day. And also, so were all the animals, because all life is precious to God. How special to see God work in such a mighty way. God is pleased when we hear his word and respond to it, not only obediently, but immediately. Look at how many people in the Bible had difficult things to do, even scary sometimes, things that God was asking them to do. There was Noah who was asked to build this huge ark. Everybody around him was making fun of him, and it took years to do that. He and his family left everyone and everything they knew to get on a boat. They didn't know for how long it would be or what their future held. And then there was David, who faced a great giant, and other biblical characters as well, the prophets and Paul, so many others. Hopefully we can learn from their example. But just after God called me to be a pastor, I went through the most difficult period of my life. My husband was diagnosed with brain cancer, and I had to um, know that there were people who were close to me who did not believe that women should be pastors. 
And then I had to start taking seminary classes while still working. Being asked to come here to Lehman after um, 35 years at my former church, it may not have been easy, but it was oh so worthwhile. And I am still feeling privileged and humbled every day to be serving here with you at Lehman. God always equips and enables us to do what he's asking us to do. We simply need to trust him. And look what resulted from Jonah's obedience. After hearing God's message only once, these pagan people and their king believed Jonah's message and turned their wicked ways. Only God, only God could work a miracle like that. Jonah was the instrument that God used to share his message. He may not have been worthy, but God used Jonah anyway. And that's true of all of us. None of us are worthy to be used by God, but God wants to use us anyway. If we share what we know about God, we may be surprised at how many people will listen. And likewise, praying for others to accept Christ may have a greater effect than you may ever have imagined. How did God respond to the change of heart by these Ninevites? He was merciful and changed his mind by canceling his threatened punishment. The city was not destroyed. God had said in Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 7 and 8, that any nation on which he had pronounced judgment would be saved if they repented. God forgave Nineveh just as he had forgiven Jonah. And the purpose of God's judgment is correction, not revenge. He's always ready to show his compassion to anyone willing to seek him. Isn't it awesome? that God can change hearts, lives, cities, and even his mind. Have you ever felt that because of the mistakes you have made that you're never good enough for God? Well, guess what? None of us is good enough. No one can earn the right to serve God, and yet God still calls us to do his will and his work. He gives us what we need when we need it. We all know that Jonah did not want to obey God, but look what happened when he did. When we think of the story of Jonah, we remember him being swallowed by a big fish. But as Pastor Andy has pointed out the last two weeks, Jonah is so much more than that. It's not just a story about Jonah being in a fish. Surviving three days in the belly of a big fish is a miracle, but the real miracle in this book of Jonah is the way the Ninevites responded to God's call and repented. God cares about everyone. God cares about the whole world. Jonah was a reluctant missionary, but God had great compassion and mercy even for those who did not believe in him. Another thing that we can learn from this story is that God's servants need God's perspective. We certainly do not always understand God's ways, but we should always try to look at things and to look at others the way God looks at them. 
Listen to this paragraph in the introduction to the book of Jonah. It was in one of my Bibles. If you've ever thought that some people are beyond hope, so evil that they are incapable of change, the book of Jonah may upset your thinking. Consider serial killers, rapists, drug kingpins, or terrorists. It's not unnatural to wish such hate-filled individuals would be punished. But this book shows us that God wants to extend his grace and his mercy to even the worst of people. It also challenges us to see that God may want us to reach out to the very people we, need, we tend to despise and see as beyond redemption. What should we look for in this book of Jonah? God's compassion for all people. His desire for earnest repentance, regardless of what someone has done, and the extraordinary lengths that he will go to sometimes to get our attention. God is slow to anger and quick to forgive, but there is a day of judgment coming. His patience is not gonna last forever, and if you wait for that day, it will be too late to repent. And here's a suggestion that someone made. Tonight, when you're getting ready for bed, just toss one of your shoes underneath the bed, and in the morning, when you're down on your knees looking for that shoe, thank God for his mercy towards sinners, including you. Long ago, a poor woman from the slums of London was invited to go with a group of people on a holiday to the ocean. She had never seen the ocean before, and when she saw it, she just burst into tears. Those around her thought, it's really strange for her to start crying when she's on such a lovely holiday. Why in the world are you crying, they asked. Pointing to the ocean, she said, this is the first time I've seen more than enough of anything. God has oceans of mercy. There is enough of it. And God delights to show us his mercy and his compassion. If you're in the middle of one of life's storms and you feel like you made it worse by your actions, are you worried because you brought that storm upon yourself? You will find what Jonah found, mercy. In the storms of life, even in the ones of our own making, God grants mercy. Micah 7.19 says, Once again you will have compassion on us. You, God, will trample our sins under your feet and throw them into the depths of the ocean. God wants us to show mercy as well. In fact, he requires it. Micah 6 verse 8 says, This is what he requires of us to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Many are quick to focus on Jonah's disobedience, his reluctance to follow God's call, and in chapter four, his anger. Many fail to give Jonah credit for the fact that he finally did do what God asked him to do, that he stood up and preached before wicked people and by allowing God to use him, 
he turned around thousands of people. Maybe we should all take a look at our failures and be grateful for God's mercy and grace toward us. God continues to forgive and to teach us. God may have been displeased with Jonah, but he never deserted him. Let's remember that God is a God of second chances. Jonah 3 begins with these words, then God spoke to Jonah a second time. God, in his grace, forgives our sins, but we also reap what we sow. Jonah's punishment was not pleasant. In fact, it was pretty frightening. There are still Ninevehs in the world where people long for hope and good news. What are we going to do for them? Psalm 103, verse 8 says, The Lord is merciful and gracious. He's slow to get angry and full of unfailing love. Perhaps that's God's call on us. Are we gracious and full of mercy, slow to get angry and full of unfailing love? We each need to answer that for ourselves. What is God calling you to do? What's God calling our church to do? To whom do we need to be gracious and merciful, slow to get angry and full of love? Not easy to be patient all the time, is it? But Pastor Andy shared two weeks ago the persistence of God's call. God pursued Jonah, and he pursues us, no matter how resistant we are. We also need to pursue others by sharing the love of God with them. One commentator pointed out that the sailors did not want to perish, and the Ninevites did not want to perish. That's the message we need to share, that God so loved us that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Who in your life needs encouragement to invite Jesus into his or her life? Here are some things to ponder in the coming weeks. Where do you need to grow spiritually? Is there something that you need to repent? What do you need to give up in order to answer God's call on your life? Are you willing to obey the first time God asks you to do something? And when has God given you a second chance? Is there someone that needs you to do that for them? If God is calling you to do a new thing in your life, don't be afraid. Take a risk. Leave your comfort zone and be willing to do what God is asking you to do and know that without a doubt, God will be with you. Remember that Jonah has many things to teach us. God is full of mercy, grace, and love. There's no safer place to be than in the arms of the one who loves you most of all. Thanks be to God. Amen.